the value of service to other people. Um, and a lot of these in factors individually um, gear you up to have a mindset that pushes you to want to do better and to do more. Um, in, in the case of understanding that you have a responsibility to not only serve your family, but the wider community around you right to them and show them that actually every day is hard look there's lots of wealthy people out there that were wealthy that aren't wealthy anymore right it's a lot of effort to keep your wealth as well there are people who'll just get richer and richer but there are people who aren't right so people have to understand that, that there's a lot of effort that goes into building what the life you want and also maintaining the life you want and the one thing i try to emphasize to people is you've got to be willing to give you've got to sacrifice it's impossible you know, for you, you know, there must be some, you know, anomaly situation that I haven't heard of, but ultimately, you know, like winning the lottery, but ultimately, you know, it's, it's, it's just sacrificing hard work. Hello, welcome to another episode of Inspire Pod with myself, Karam Kang. We bring you the best interviews with leading business people and entrepreneurs in their industry. Today's guest is the absolute definition of a serial entrepreneur. He began investing in property since 2000 and launched an e-commerce business with Newstone in 2004, having spotted an opportunity in the market to sell building materials online. Following this, he entered the food industry with Gormosa in 2015, which provides South Asian snacks. And he bought a branding agency, We Know You, in 2016 in Lisbon. He's recently launched a community-driven gym, Graftism, in 2018, which was acknowledged as the best independent gym in Greater London by UK Fitness Awards. And there's so much more in between there, which I'm sure he'll let you know now. Today's guest is none other than Azam Jaffrey. Hi, Azam. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. L liking the t-shirt there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's my motto. It's always been my motto. I've always been called a grafter. I've always believed in grafting. You'll hear me say it all the time. Uh, you know, I think that hard work is, is ultimately the underlying uh, foundation to success. So, um, you know, graftism is just that, that culture of working hard. Love that. And, and the cap uh, matches that, that motto as well. Does it does indeed. <laughs> Wicked. Um, I, I know we've got a lot to uh, go through, as you mentioned there at the top of um, the show, but can, can you start us off with a bit of a background of your own journey in business? As you know, we know that you started off in real estate and then flowed through to other opportunities. Yeah, so I mean, for me personally, I, I feel like I was born with that entre entrepreneurial fire. Um, I do believe people can learn to run businesses, etc. Uh, but I think certain people are just born with with a certain, let's you could say, gift for argument's sake. Um, you know, people are artistic, people are good with poetry, people are, you know, very skilled in, in with athleticism, whatever. So it's, it's, I think I had that from a young age because, you know, I was told stories from when I was a kid that, you know, I'd save my money and I'd want to get bigger notes. And, and you know, um, even when I was 17, the first vehicle I bought was not actually a car. Um, I bought a, a van and, I, I, and I, I, I wanted to start my own career business so I was like look I've got this van what can I do with it I go around people we know and say look is there anything I can do and you know they'd help me out and be like yeah we've got a package go and drop it off to Leeds or whatever um, so but then when it came to the point of, of leaving school and uh, wanting to go uh, into business and my parents were sort of you know typical kind of yes you should get an education go to university etc etc um, it took a little bit of persuasion to, to convince them that that wasn't really the path for me, the route for me. And I, I got into property and that was in Doncaster. That's the town that I'm from. Uh, and I basically uh, bought a, a, a terraced house, end of terraced house. Uh, it was 18,000 pounds at the time, uh, three bedroom terraced house. 
uh, and um, renovated that and, and, and basically flipped it and sold it within two months for 45 grand. Uh, and the renovation costs were a few thousand, you know, it was like, you know, kitchen, plastering, bathrooms, painting, whatever. We did a lot of the work ourselves. Uh, you know, it's funny enough, you know, my, uh, I have a cousin, uh, Z Shan, who's um, in, in, you know, the property business and he's, he's really doing very well. Um, and, you know, all of us kids, you know, I was, I was like 19, 20 years old. He's, he's five years younger than me. We'd all be in there scraping the walls and whatever, you know, and, and, and you know, those kind of memories are quite, you know, they're, they're quite nice memories and, and of, of how, you know, everything all started out. Um, uh, and then from that point, I, I just continued the same thing. Houses were very cheap and affordable back then. Um, you know, I was buying houses. The cheapest house I bought was nine grand, um, you know, and uh, just used to go in, renovate them and flip them. I then basically moved into brownfield development. So I'd find old sites, old buildings, and then convert them into houses and apartments, etc. cetera. Um, and, and that's really just how my property journey started. Wicked. I love that. Um, also, uh, what you touched upon then about your parents uh, having to convince them to go into business because it is risky. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure, sure you know that better than most people. Um, uh, obviously, you know, you, you did really well in uh, property, as you outlined there. How, how did you then flow that into your other businesses and, and start setting up Newstone, which led to, uh, you know, Gormosa and We Know You, etc.? Cool. So, I mean, the one thing I would say uh, initially about the property business was that I don't consider myself to be, or at that time, uh, or even now, to be fair, any sort of expert. But at the time, I was, it was, there was a lot of luck. Um, you know, it was the right place, right time. Property was booming. Uh, you know, I think a lot of the, the, the value that, that we created out of uh, the deals um, uh, was just happening through growth that was happening in the market. Um, I picked up a lot of stuff. And by the time we, I got to kind of the sixth or seventh year before the property market crashed, um, which leads on to your uh, question, um, I I'd kind of developed a little niche and I'd had a, a bit more of an understanding about the market and, and different locations. And we used to create... Um, you know, first time buyer homes and we put a bit more effort and, and, and uh, thought into the kind of homes we create for first time buyers, which were different to the stereotypical stuff you'd get from the big home builders. Um, but what actually happened was, is while I was developing a site that actually happened to be um, uh, listed, there was a limited, there was some uh, kind of local authority uh, limitations on what we could and couldn't do. And one was that we had to source some paving. Now, um, the paving was very similar to Yorkstone. Uh, we were we were allowed to use Indian sandstone, um, and so I went out trying to source this stuff. And when I was sourcing it, in a nutshell, I found that it was very difficult. You know, you'd call one guy, tell you eighteen pound a yard, and then he'd say twenty pound a yard two minutes later, and so on. And I just felt like, you know what, everything's online now. There should be some transparency, and it should be easy and quick to just place an order for some building products and some paving online. Um, so. I just I just ventured into to doing that. I just said that look, you know, I need to I need to find a, um, a find a way to get this stuff online. I don't know anything about it. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to kind of get involved and learn. Uh, and it was simply I found that there was an issue with the way that I was trying to consume a product online, uh, and I wanted to kind of fix that. Um, and and we, you know, I started the business. I started selling online, uh, and it just took off. And again, it was right place, right time. Uh, you know, uh, people. Um, wanted to buy product online. They wanted the convenience of just being able to order and deliver on home. It, it created a great service for builders who, and landscapers, et cetera, who, who actually didn't need to then take time out of their day going out, out to place uh, orders in, in, in the merchants, et cetera. They could just do the order online and spend their entire day pricing up jobs and, you know, laying, laying paving. So um, 
that's how Newstone, you know, came about, and and it grew again through I think you know two things. One is that the there was a recession that came, and I think that when that happened, people were becoming a bit more price conscious, conscious, and, and they 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 wanted to uh, make savings, etc. So I think a lot of different things aligned, um, and then we you know we ended up creating uh, you know this e-commerce business, which then led me to understanding more about e-commerce logistics you know, storage, you know, importing, exporting, so on and so forth. Um, and, and we actually then built several other e-commerce sites in the home improvement sector uh, that revolved from anything from wall cladding to furniture and whatever. And it was just rolling out the same formula. We just understood e-commerce. We knew we were in the space. We, we understood how to run ads, etc. And, you know, we just, we just kind of built this little group of, um, home improvement DIY based uh, e-commerce businesses, basically. Wicked. That, that, that's, that's so good. Um, you spotted that really early, um, you know, because even now people are still trying to get into e-commerce. We're seeing the growth of it due to COVID. Um, yeah. but, but, you know, you, you're probably in it before it is called e-commerce. Uh, yeah, but maybe actually, because I think it, it is a good point. Maybe, maybe we were. I mean, again, I don't, I, I personally don't put it down to any sort of you know, insight or anything at the time. I, you know, I'm a very different place in my uh, career as a, and my, my, as a place as an entrepreneur now. Uh, but ultimately back then, it, I just feel it was, um, you know, me just wanting to, I, was, I wanted to try things. I wanted to do things. I was very eager to learn and to progress. Um, so I don't feel it was any type of insight or I had any type of expertise or I'd done any extensive research. I just found there was a problem or an issue with something and I just had a go at it, you know, so a lot of it again is 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 right place right time and that is the case for a lot of entrepreneurs you know that, that i i'm very much about promoting all the other things it takes to succeed in entrepreneurship but there is a lot of um being fortunate as well yeah and um just to take it back a bit uh, you, you gave a bit of a background uh, in the first question um, you know on on your upbringing and i know from previous interviews you've really credited your father and the influence he had on you in business can you talk about you know those early years when you know growing up and you know future impacts that it had on you to really push through with entrepreneurship and take risks and you know grow what you're building today yeah so i mean uh, you know my, my father uh, particularly you know kind of really showed us um the value of hard work and and the value of of, of being patient uh, the value of service to other people um and a lot of these in factors individually um gear you up to have a mindset that pushes you to want to do better and to do more um in, in the case of understanding that you have a responsibility to not only serve your family but the wider community around you um drives you to do more when you understand the value in that purpose you know um being hard working seeing someone not scared to graft not scared to sacrifice um you know not scared to you know do more for others than themselves you know these kind of things watching them they 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 mold you they just change your approach to things you know i feel that Today, we're in a society where um, young people have an impression that they're entitled, they want things, they expect things, um, and you're just not going to get anything that way. And, you know, and, and so we, you know, we just saw the graft, you know, we just saw the, the, the elements that you needed to, to um, gear yourself up for the real world, because life is tough, man. Yeah. You know, it really is tough. And if you, um, I don't disagree with, you know, having a good time and a luxury and all the rest of it, if you've earned it. Right. You know, if you've earned it simple, you know, if, if you haven't reached that stage yet and you, you, you know, you haven't, then then it becomes a problem. So, um, you know, my father was very influential on a lot of levels, um, even till this day. 
Um, you know, I, I, I admire anybody that is, um, you know, just patient and, and, and hardworking and, and willing to make sacrifices, you know, and, and that, I think that's what you need, you need in business. You need patience. You need to be willing to work hard. You need to be willing to sacrifice. You need to be willing to have faith. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty guaranteed winning formula. Uh, I, I love that. And, um, you know, going on to my next question, you touched upon a word there, faith. I know following you on Instagram and again with your previous interviews, you've really credited your, your faith and your religion in Islam. And so many entrepreneurs we've spoken to on here really say their religions, you know, were the foundations for what built them up in business. Can you talk about uh, the impact of Islam on, on your business and upbringing and, you know, how, how it helps you with your, you know, what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, it's, it's funny because, um, you know, I, I, so I, uh, I was, I spent a part of my childhood in um, Kenya, in Mombasa. Uh, you know, we, that was our sort of second home. It's where we went from when we were young. The community in Mombasa, for people who are familiar with the area, is, is very integrated. So all cultures, um, all communities, all faiths integrate. You know, um, so, you know, in Diwali, we would go, you know, we would go to the temple and, you know, we, we would all meet with one another. So the key thing that I would emphasize is, you know, I, I happen to... Um, uh, you know, Islam happens to be the faith that I practice and follow, but, you know, from all the faiths and the core truths of the faiths that I've come across, whether it's Hinduism, whether it's Islam, whether it's Christianity, whether it's Sikhism, whether it's Judaism, whatever it might be, the core of it, it, it is, is, is the same. It's just being good people, right? And so what I take uh, from Islam is ultimately um, those, the, the tools that we need, because that's what all religions came to do. They came to help us as human beings because we're pretty helpless on our own right <laughs> you know we, we need uh, you know you know faith gives us lots of things just as an example you know faith gives you the ability to go beyond your normal capability you know it's you could call it dreaming faith allows you to believe that i can go way beyond what i would normally believe myself to be capable of or other people may tell me i'm capable of right faith allows you to take on problems and tackle those problems and and realize that i have there is chance there is a chance i may come out of this on the other side i may be able to get through this you know i this struggle has maybe come to me for a reason let me find the good out of this so for me faith is key because i i i i need to believe that um there is two things one is that i'm not alone and i have i can rely on god right yeah. whoever your god is i can rely on god and i can rely on god in the times that i need that support that doesn't come from me and i'll just give you uh, you know that, that isn't i'm not capable of of dealing with by myself um and and just as an example of this you know all the highly successful people that i've ever asked this sort of question you know people with 500 billion a million sorry net worth you know <laughs> half, half a billion <laughs> worth, you know you know big big players you know guys who sold their companies for 600 700 million whatever um they they you know they all say something very very similar uh you know and and it's 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 we could see something other people couldn't see and, and I really put that down to faith. I really put it down to, you know, the vision that we get, the ability that we have. It, it comes down to this, you know, where does that come from, you know? Uh, and so I, I personally put it down to, you know, you get this from, you know, God or, you know, wherever. And, and, and you know, it's your choice then to, to pursue that and, and take that forward. So faith is really important. It just, you know, for me, it gives me, so I could do a whole podcast on this, but it gives me a lot of stuff. It gives me strength. It gives me direction. Um, you know, it gives you a higher purpose 
because when we go beyond materialism and we, we find that, okay, the Ferrari's nice, but, you know, actually doesn't give me that much satisfaction. And, you know, the, 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 the watch is nice, but, you know, it tells the time. And, you know, you, you, you kind of then are searching for something more and something deeper. And when you, when you study some of the very highly successful people, why do they turn to philanthropy and why do they turn to all these different things? Because as a human being, the, the, there's a place for material things, there's a place for what money can buy, but it just doesn't fill you up. Uh, and so that's why, you know, if I've tried to abbreviate as much as I can, why faith is important for me. No, no I love that. <clears throat> and um, b before that, you touched upon, um, you know, something about how kids these days don't see the graft and the hard work that goes in business. And again, going from what we see in your social media, um, you really do try and show that. Um, can you give a bit of an example of, of the true sacrifices, the hard works and the challenges that you've had to overcome? during your journeys and you know getting you to a position you're in now yeah i mean there's, there's loads the, the first thing that i would say is there is no such thing as a, a balanced life right um you, you know a balanced life means you're pretty much going nowhere uh, and, and that's just the facts so you if you want to achieve anything that you would consider to be over and above right so if the average salary is twenty thousand and you want to make thirty thousand you know, you've got to do something different to the 100 people that are on the 20,000. It's just simple. You're going to have to give something, right? You may have some extra skill, extra ability. You may be able to work more. You know, you may be able to work the machine more, you know, than everybody else in the same number of hours. But ultimately, in principle, there's something that has to give. Uh, and so through my journey, lots of things, you know, look, when I got married, I, I never went on holiday for the first seven years. It wasn't that we couldn't actually even afford to go. We, we could, you know, but it was just... I was so invested in doing what I need to do in the early phases of my life that I just felt like, you know, I was always this believer in, you know, you've got years and years ahead of you to really enjoy it. And why not enjoy it when you can really enjoy it? You know, um, not that, you know, we didn't have any fun or we didn't have a good time or whatever, but it was just, I was so dedicated to um, doing what I needed to do that, you know, I, I felt that's what was, what was, you know, needed of me. You know, I probably did certain things wrong, but it was just commitments that I was, making and, and things that I felt I was responsible for and I just couldn't leave them you know and I know people who've never gone on holiday at all you know so it's that you know there's lots of things like that not getting to see your kids as much as you want I've had various times uh, in the past where health has really suffered badly um, you know whether it's stress that you're not aware of whether it's lack of sleep poor diet uh, just running the body into the ground um, you know there's been all sorts you know you come across normal challenges in business whether they're financial something goes wrong something doesn't work out uh, you know there's there's so many sacrifices you make whether they're mental physical emotional personal you know the list is just endless you know but there's lots and lots of things that I always zone in on that one thing and, and even though I'm not saying that I was right for doing it I've ended up with uh, circumstances that I'm happy with um, and um, I don't think you know you can go back and change things it's meant to be the way it's meant to be but whenever I make this point about not having a holiday there's a deeper message within that and it's funny because I was at an event where um, it was a VC event and I was on the panel as like an angel investor and um, I wanted to just continuously emphasize to these guys who were startups that were trying to raise money that the raising money element means nothing right you need to make money right? There are people who've raised lots of money and they can't make 50p. Um, but it's more about your approach to business. You know, it's become uh, glorified to go out and raise money and we've got this VC behind us or whatever, but you're missing the whole point. And that's one of the reasons why there's all these tech startups in the States where young guys are killing themselves, people are killing themselves because, you know, once you get in the mix, you realize, wow, this isn't the fantasy that we, 
you know, thought this was going to be. Um, and the one thing I try to emphasize to people is you've got to be willing to give. You've got to sacrifice. It's impossible, you know, for you, you know, I, there must be some, you know, anomaly situation that I haven't heard of, but ultimately, you know, uh, like winning the lottery, but ultimately, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just sacrifice and hard work. And, and young people today, because we live in a society where we, you know, there's so much distraction and, you know, we have these tools that allow people to show the highlight reels of their lives, the fake lives or whatever it might be. It really is misleading people from the, 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 uh, the, 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 the real path, which is you're going to have to give this up. You're going to have to not go out with your mates for a few nights. You want to buy a property. You want to do something. You're going to have to save some money, right? You're not saving any money if you're flipping partying and going on holidays all the time. You know, it's just the way it is. But once you've saved that money and you've made that investment, well, that may start giving you a return. Now you are earning, you're earning an extra 6% a year. Okay, take that 6% and do what you want with it. But you know what I'm saying? So I think young people just don't have uh, at the moment that, that, you know, unfortunately enough guidance. Because even as entrepreneurs, a lot of people will show the glamour and, and not go in and go, you know what I went through to get this, you know, they just see the young people just see the Ferrari go, we need the Ferrari. You know, you don't realize the guy, you know, <laughs> went through hell, you know, for the last 10, 15, 20 years to get that Ferrari, you know, so. Now, there's, there's so much truth in that, especially, you know, people showing off what they have, but it might be rented. It might be their mates. They're not grafting. And then that leads to three, four other people seeing it and feel like they need to do that as well. Yeah. And nowadays we, we live in a, a generation of instant gratification. People just expect things within two seconds. Whereas, you know, Paul Bassey, who we had on the show a few months ago, he actually said it, it probably takes 15 years to be an overnight success. Uh, you know, the, these things don't just turn up on your door. And you, you talked about a couple of setbacks that you had. Um, what gets you through them? Um, you know, I know you mentioned your faith, but is there anything else such as mindset or, you know, your vision? How do you push through? Yeah, I mean, look, if you, if you take faith out of the equation, it's just um, recognizing that we're not perfect. So, and not having expectations. You see, we never actually are let down by the result. We're let down by our expectations that were never met. Now, if I go into an equation thinking, right, this business needs to generate $1 billion in sales tomorrow, and it doesn't, well, I'm, I'm disappointed, aren't I? But if, I'm, if, I'm under, if I understand there's a process, and that process may not be exactly as I expect it to be, and I've got to go with the flow, what I've got to do is hit an obstacle or get to day three, four, five, year two, three, four, whatever it might be, and make assessments as I'm going along. And, and those areas where I'm not approaching things with blind expectation, but I'm actually expecting things to happen a certain way and for new things to come up and things that I'm not quite expecting to even happen and addressing those when they come quickly and effectively, I'm going to be able to keep moving. The minute something happens that isn't what we want to happen, you know, or we didn't hit as many sales as we planned. You know, if I start dwelling on that idea, I'm going nowhere. So I think expecting to not get everything right is very important because we, what we often do, and this is for a lot of young aspiring entrepreneurs and, you know, people in business is that, we, we're very good at creating all the scenarios we want to happen. And when they don't happen, we're not very good at understanding why they didn't and, and, you know, and accepting that they didn't, right? It's all well and good going, we are going to make this much money. But what happens if you don't? And we've got to be equally as prepared, you know, as, as, as much as we are ambitious and driven and hopeful, uh, we've got to equally be as prepared for those things. So I think for me, it's just very much about, I've got a plan, um, I'm going to go forward, 
Um, if it goes the way I plan, great. Let me understand what I'm doing and do more of that and do, do it better. Um, if it doesn't happen the way I plan, then I'm expecting that anyway, because there's no way I know everything, especially when you go into something that you don't know about and, and environments are changing and climate's changing. Look, you know, in business, you know, something can happen in the economy. All of a sudden, your imports are more expensive. COVID comes along, everything shuts down. You know, there's going to be something somewhere in one way or the other that's going to affect you. And it's about your approach to that, understanding that the process of business is going to be that. It's going to throw you curveballs. And if you go into the world of business in that mindset, you'll not get hit by everyone. <laughs> it's simple, yeah. you know. Uh, it, what you mentioned there, it, it just reminded me exactly uh, of a book that I read a few times. Um, you know, uh, Ray Dalio principles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where he speaks about the curve of you know expectations. You're gonna fail, gonna fail. Yeah. You learn, you pick up again, and it's a revolving circle. Uh, exactly what you mentioned there. And uh, as you you know have quite a few businesses, and you said earlier, balance doesn't exist. How do you, as a serial entrepreneur, manage your time over different businesses or link them together? And if you could give any examples of the ones you're currently overseeing. Sure. So um, the one thing I emphasize again uh, to a lot of young people is that, you know, specialize in an area, uh, you know, give it 110%, build that business, uh, build your team, uh, build your infrastructure, get it to a stage where the business no longer requires you to be involved 24-7 right um then move on to the next project so if you take my background you know um you know we're still in the property business but i started out in property it's a very different type of business and industry um so the first kind of place where i was let's say innovative or whatever was when i got into e-commerce um whatever we did in the e-commerce space um led to whatever other businesses we built in that space because they all had synergy that you know you could use the same fulfillment we could use the same software we could do the same thing we understood the process so they were all very similar so it wasn't really um that you know going off track as such um but in that process we then learned about things like branding marketing so on and so forth so you you have all these tools and these skills and you know these these uh um suppliers and different people that you're building in that network so even when i went on to build the food businesses um I already had an understanding of, you know, how to brand, how to communicate with an audience, you know, all the different sort of things that we needed. Um, and, and it didn't really deviate from us having to learn a lot more stuff. We did. We, no doubt we learned a lot, of, you know, learned a lot of different things, but it, was, um, it wasn't me having to go a million miles away from where I already was. But what I'd done was I'd already got the previous business established. So I had, you know, team, infrastructure, experience, et cetera. And then I moved on to the next project. Um, what, where we're at now is at a stage where I've actually now, I wouldn't say completely stopped launching my own projects uh, because I have launched Graftism, but there's a whole story behind Graftism as well, where I've now moved to the stage where I'm investing more in, in um, people and businesses that are, not going to require me to be that guy like I was with Newstone where I was driving the forklift and physically packing the orders and taking the emails and you know phone calls and doing whatever so um so I think the key thing for me is is going into a business giving it all structuring it getting it set up getting your people in place and then you can oversee that and again the overseeing of businesses that are all that all have synergy uh, you know it's not like you know we're manufacturing you know 
generators in one business and there's a whole different process you know we're literally selling direct to consumer and it's just you know so yes there are similarities and dissimilarities but it's not as complex but it's very much about um people and and this is a key thing for me it's become i now i'm very aware of the fact that once upon a time where i used to be this low ranger and you know I, I kind of you know tried to take on the world myself i've become very uh, aware of the fact that you need people that are better than you at the job that you know than you are um you need to find people with ideas and skills that you can relate to that your experience can can um can add value to that particular project or venture um, and then, you know, you kind of play your role in that. So, um, you know, and there are many, many entrepreneurs out there that work in a way bigger, you know, I'm, I'm nothing special there. You know, there are people out there who have hundreds and hundreds of companies that they have, you know, investments in or some sort of role in or whatever it might be. But for me, I'm no longer in a position where I'm the day to day guy operating the business, you know, so. Yeah. And, and, and that, um, you know, so important with like multiple streams of income, you know, putting your efforts in and building out teams. And um, one thing I wanted to touch upon that, that you said, uh, you know, about Graftism, uh, obviously that, that's one of your latest ventures. Can you talk about what went behind there and, and the vision with that community-driven gym? Yeah, sure. So for me, I'm at a stage now as, a, as an entrepreneur where I really would like to make social change and impact. Um, I'm, I, I'm a people's person, you know, I genuinely love people. I, I like seeing people win it's just something that's in me you know um and so when i was looking at the areas that i'm familiar with and this actually goes back to the point you mentioned earlier is knowing identifying kind of areas that you know about skills that you have resources you have um, that's always useful for you when going into any sort of industry look at yourself as opposed to looking around you and understand what it is that you're doing or what it is that you know about and 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 go there because you'll have an advantage um, so with Graftism, uh, initially the, the concept of Graftism came about with me essentially wanting to build a brand that promoted the that good values. So rather than all the stuff we see on social media, where it promotes, you know, I'm eating this fine dining restaurant, I'm having this, you know, I have this car, this watch, I've done this and done the other. How about we champion hard work? How about we champion relationships, community, people? How about we champion, you know, results that we've worked for and the process that we're going through to get those results. Um, let's talk about that journey. And so that's what Graftism came about. And, you know, I'll eventually get the book finished, but I'm writing a book called Graftism, which is the ideology of hard work and all the benefits. So even how as a hardworking person, you don't just get the results you get in the work you're doing. It actually enhances your character in so many other ways. Um, you know, whenever you meet a hardworking person that is the opposite to someone who's lazy, they generally possess nice qualities, right? They generally possess better qualities. And I'm talking about a, you know, a genuine hardworking person that is, you know, kind and nice as well. You'll find that they'll have, you know, um, often have more uh, attractive qualities about them. So um, I, what I then found was that, I, again, it's me, you know, with any project that I've ever started, it's never been about me having this, oh, I want to be a gym owner, or I want to be this, or I want to do that. I've seen this other person doing it. It just happens to be where I'm at and what I'm going through in life. You know, the food business, for example, with Gormosa was uh, actually happened through, you know, very quickly, just off, off the point, but um, happened through me. Um, I wanted to, I was unhealthy. I was overworking. I, st I got a coach. He started teaching me about macros, which is, so I got this uh, um, app called my fitness pal I'd put my calories in there but I love desi food right so every time I wanted to have a samosa or something you know imagine it just you know for argue I'm just doing something make you laugh I, you know make the app crash 
you know, because it'd just be too high in fats and saturated fats and salt and whatever. And I was like, look, you know, I like desi food. And actually our food has a lot of the, you know, beneficial superfoods and spices like turmeric and stuff like that, that are really good for us. So it must be just a preparation process that we've kind of got a little bit wrong. It's a bit old school. Maybe we can tweak this. So Gamosa just came around from me wanting to have, the, the enjoy the flavors and the benefits we get in the, in, the, in the foods that we have and just reduce a little bit of the stuff that isn't so good for us. Um, but going back to graftism, I, I've always trained in bodybuilding gyms and those gyms have always had this really cool sense of, you know, community and, and, and people that just get together and, and they, there's just these relationships that you just don't find anywhere else. You know, as an example, I've been to other health clubs and stuff and you're scared to ask someone if they've got how many sets they've got left on a machine, you know, cause it's just, you know, everyone's got their headphones on walking around, you know, there's no sense of community. And, you know, it's very important in this day and age where we're, you know, glued to these phones that we have real relationships that we really interact with real people you know in real life so i saw this as a great opportunity you know the gyms generally you know were quite run down um they needed to be enhanced they needed to cater for the online and offline experience because you can't just kind of have one anymore uh, and so i wanted to just create a gym uh which you know hopefully depending on how covid plays out you know with the goal was to roll out a lot more i was actually in the process of buying some some more prior to um uh, to this all happening, but the idea is to create um, environments that cultivate more positive relationships, give people the opportunity to come and meet. Um, this will tackle a lot of issues, you know, whether it's mental health, whether it's whatever, that, you know, a place where people feel welcome, it genuinely is a second home for people. Um, not only are they able to do what they want to do on social media and they can post and it's a cool place to be, etc., but we're really cultivating positive relationships. But a deeper level beyond that, it's what this all really means. And, and what we promote in, in the gyms is people coming and trying to better themselves. And it's about them working hard towards their goals. And we don't need to be perfect. We don't need to show off. We don't need to be pretentious about things. Let's just be who we are. Um, and going beyond that, then the idea is for me is to, is to really build a lifestyle brand out of graftism. So it, was, it started in fitness. It wasn't necessarily the plan because I, had the, I built the idea of the brand before it stuck it on the gym right? Um, but fitness would be an element of it. But my goal is to have a brand that young people specifically resonate with, that makes it not only acceptable, but admirable and cool for them to be working. So what I would rather see is a post from someone showing the work they're putting in, the genuine work they're putting in, and everyone giving them a round of applause for the work they're doing, not them having to to show something they haven't yet achieved or feel they've got to be part of this culture. And when you, when, when young people have other people they aspire to that promote the reality of life, right. To them and show them that actually every day is hard. Look, there's lots of wealthy people out there that were wealthy that aren't wealthy anymore. Right. It's a lot of effort to keep your wealth as well. There are people who will just get richer and richer, but there are people who aren't right. So people have to understand that, that there's a lot of effort that goes into building what the life you want and also maintaining the life you want. And that, that idea of building and maintaining is graftism. It's basically just that continuous mentality of the fact that we work for, we appreciate, um, you know, the, the life we have and, and we, we, we give it a go, you know. And that's what this, you know, the slogan stands for as well. The, the, the hard work, it does pay off, man. It, it pays off. Whatever you apply yourself to, it will pay off. But we lack that motive at the moment. So um, the vi that's the vision for graftism, you know, to have to encompass people's physical well-being, as well as their mental well-being, and even then encouraging people to, you know, rolling into people's actual work life, 
you know, so there's other projects that I, I'm working on in the pipeline, which I'll tell you about in the, you know, in the, in the near future, but all tie into this, you know, trying to, you know, encourage more positive behavior and reminding or, or even introducing the, the next generation to the mindset and tools that they need to succeed. Because just as a quick point, when I uh, was at this particular event, this VC event, the one thing I said to a lot of the audience who were from the South Asian community was, you know, how was it that our parents, grandparents came to this country with nothing, couldn't speak the language and have made a huge success of themselves, you know, where they've, you know, they built businesses, they owned property, they did stuff and how come none of us can do it? <laughs> right? That makes no sense, right? How did they do it? And how, there must be something missing, right? And I can go into a whole story about that in itself, but there is something missing, you know, and it's all to do with what's up here. Right. You know, so so and it's mind boggling, man, when you actually think about it, that people came here, they couldn't speak the language. There was probably more uh, objection from the community and the people around them at that time. It was more difficult. You know, the people were less accepting, whatever. And they still managed to build for themselves. You know, I'm not willing to listen to the excuses that property was cheaper than look, man, there are kids starting businesses and turning them into, you know, 10 million pound businesses overnight. You know, it's you know, it's so common. There's no excuse. It's just mindset. Yeah. That's wicked and um, love what you said about graftism there and the community in the gym. Uh, gyms don't have that and it's like you say, I remember when I used to hit gym uh, quite quite regularly uh, before I joined a health club, it is that, like you're your own person, you have your headphones on, you don't want to speak to anybody and just keep yourself to yourself. So again, you know, innovating and you've also um, tied it into other things which you've done. And what, one thing that interests me is, so because you've worked on loads of projects, you're actually you know people sit there dreaming of ideas but do none it seems like every idea you come across you you actually take to a business how do you get that idea that problem and turn it into a revenue generating company yeah so i mean look i think uh, it, you know let's take graftism as an example so if i was to break the model the, the business down for you what i would see was um from a from, from so if you take um split the business into a few different elements if you take experience right so we're in an experience economy now um there was there was a lack of experience in the gyms that i would go to because many owners were not reinvesting in the sites and creating you know more of an experience when you come into the gym right so that's you know good lighting good decor photo ops social media selfie ops video ops whatever right you know opportunities to do all the stuff that people want to do so there's the one side of saying right well we need to create more of an experience in this gym and we need to be you know it needs to be social media centric um, the second side of it was actually understanding the consumer. So the consumer themselves were, you know, the weightlifters, right? So the, the male and female weightlifters are the ones who consume all the supplements, the protein products, etc. So I was like, look, well, there's clearer opportunity being missed here because um, all the secondary spend that that's going elsewhere could be done in the gym. And then what actually happens is, is when there's a sense of community and people feel like it's their own, you know, their own place and it's their second home and that's what we want to create. That's our USP, that's what we do, right? Um, they'd rather spend even an extra five pound on something in the gym than go and give that business elsewhere because it feels like they feel like that, which they genuinely are contributing to their own place because we continuously reinvest that money in the gym, you know, so they have better equipment, better stuff. Um, so there's that element, which is understanding the revenue potential that that's clearly being missed out on. And again, it's experience I've had in doing different things, working over things over the last 20 years, just understanding how to create the uplift. Um, uh, and, and then it's, it's again, you know, as a, as a kind of final part is, is 
understanding people's basic needs, right? So people want to get together. They want to hang out. They want to talk to other people. Uh, and it's facilitating that. So there are some gyms that are in the same sector that, you know, you feel alienated, you know, you feel like you might get beat up in the place or women don't feel safe or they don't feel uh, comfortable or whatever it might be. So it's again, providing that service, you know, you get a service wherever you go, an airline, a restaurant, whatever. Um, and it's providing that service. That's it. That's what every business should be. It should yeah. be about the consumer and giving them value, you know? Yeah. If anybody, um, you know, is starting up, you know, really think about that. Exactly. Like you said, what value are you giving to the end consumer? Sometimes people make businesses for themselves and think everyone's going to automatically like it. Um, in part of, uh, at the beginning of the interview, you, you spoke about, you know, how, how your health's changed and you're looking over that, um, you know, and you, you've tweaked things within your day and your routine. Can you talk about, you know, your routine as a whole and if there's anything in your day or, you know, months that you absolutely, you know, staple and do religiously? Yeah, so um, the last couple of years, so I mentioned that I had health issues and there was a time where I just think I was just hammering myself and I, I you know I encourage young people when they've got that you know steam I mean I, I still think I'm young but I'm 40 so it's you know you've got to start being realistic about your your age and you want that longevity right so you you, you know when you're younger you probably have that ability to do 20-hour shifts and all the rest of it but there comes a point where you've got to then start understanding that your body won't be able to keep doing that and it's not sustainable um, so when I started to really get run down I realized that I need to take care of myself because I want to do a lot I want to be there for my children you know I, I I need to make sure this is performing. And that's when I really started uh, understanding more about uh, self-development and uh, my own body. So 2018, I got involved in kind of biohacking and started implementing different biohacks, whether it's intermittent fasting, whether it's trying to improve my sleep, uh, you know, whether it's different supplementation. Um, you know, I go for regular blood tests to see how I'm performing. So, um, you know, that was key. And then also spending a lot of time on myself. So even at the moment, like I'm, I, I, I study uh, areas that I feel will help me enhance myself and also then allow me to help other people, which is something that I'm very passionate about. So if you say what the core elements of my routine that I'm very much focused on uh, working on at the moment on a, on a daily basis is um, improving sleep quality, which is a very big issue for me. Uh, it's still something that I'm struggling with uh, in a big way. It's just, you know, understanding the importance of me getting that recovery and sleep. You know, I'm still machine mode, graft mode. I like to stay up and do things. Um, meditating more is, is definitely something that I'm doing. I, I, you know, I meditate daily now, um, which I, I see as being separate to prayer. I think there's, there's prayer is one vehicle and, and meditation is another. Um, diet wise, I have a very um, controlled diet throughout the week. So I pretty much eat the same food have the same sort of calorie intake daily uh, throughout the week. Um, when it comes to work, I am now doing four hours of what you would call uh, very high kind of focused work. Um, the rest of it, I've now understood how to manage my, my schedule differently and how to delegate more. Uh, again, these are things you learn along the way. Some people are very good, man. Some people are very good at just getting things early on. Some things have took me quite a long time to get my head around to understand that I'm just doing it back to front and I'm just making life difficult for myself. So I work four hours of very focused work. The rest of it, I'll kind of split into areas that are not so important, but I just be kind of in the middle of everything all the time, you know, and that's how I've kind of managed to now expand and look at new opportunities and look at new things. So um, 
and then exercise obviously I own a gym so I've got no excuse you know I can't I can't get really really out of shape now because you know that's another thing everyone's so motivated and driven at graftism that you just go there and want to train now you know no, no we haven't been there for a bit but the, the long and short of it is is that you know the exercise and the training is very important and that keeps me kind of fueled and going and I see a very big difference between not exercising and exercising you know eating the wrong kind of foods and eating the right kind of foods uh, and then it's just I've really I'm really in heavily invested in my children so I have dedicated time to spend with them um, and as we mentioned before there's always some give and take so what that then means is that you know you're probably going to compromise on your own social life a little bit which is absolutely fine for me you know I, I am very focused on ensuring that I, I I contribute to society by raising the best children that I can um, in a positive way and um, that may mean right now that I just can't go out and live it up as much as I want or enjoy myself as much as I want but that time just needs to be given to them right now you know they're 11 and 14 and I just need to make sure that whatever time I have available or I have to make that time to to do that so I hope that kind of gives you a little bit of an overview of, of what I'm trying to do at the moment yeah and I'm learning sorry so I'm, I'm learning so I'm actually doing uh, I'm learning a lot around things it's funny because I, I want to go um, I want to do a lot more on social media uh, but I always feel like, you know, you should, you, even when you want to help people, you should know how to do it properly and you should be giving value and ensuring that you're not just, because what may happen sometimes is you go up, you start something with good intentions. Like I want to help people. I feel I've got some experience. I want to share it with people. You then get into a, a ritual of posting on social media because now you're there and you think you have to do it, but you may end up talking a lot of waffle, right? So and not adding any value because now you think oh you're now a social media guru or influencer or something and you've got to do that um so i'm actually doing some courses in life coaching and nlp and things like that which i'm doing uh just so that i believe that i have the guidelines that i should have when it comes to helping others effectively um you know so i'm very keen to uh to do that so i'm doing a lot of learning you know i'm i'm, I'm finding areas that i feel i want to develop myself in but also where i feel i can add value to you know other people the next generation so a lot of my time is now being given to uh to learning as well which i never did by the way so just on that point i i never used to read so i started reading about a year and a half ago um you know i never read anything um and uh, and then i you know I, I i started seeing the value in 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 reading in some cases a lot of the stuff that i've read when you've been through real life experience, you've kind of been there and you've done it and you've ended up having to learn it. So even when you read a lot of books, it's just people saying the same thing more or less, right? In a lot of cases, it, it really is. And, and um, uh, But what I've found is that reading has a certain type of impact on your mind. It's just, it's, it's, like, it's like you might say someone's got a good physique. Um, well, if they don't go to the gym, they may look okay and they may just be naturally gifted and may look better than most people in, but they could look better. And I think that's the thing for me with reading now is that it's, it's the muscle. It keeps it going. Yeah, that's it. I love what you said about, um, you know, social media gurus and actually, you know, doing what you say. Um, that was a bit of an influence for this podcast because when I set up my own business and you was asking everybody, you know, who had their own business, whether it was in family or reaching out to people or, you know, reading books, and, um, you know, a lot of these podcasts I've seen, I was like, hold on, this person's never, you know, done their own business yet, yet they're speaking about it. So I thought rather than myself, who's only been doing it 18 to, about 18 to 20 months, let's get people who have actually done that, walk the walk, talk the talk, get them on to speak about their interests and, you know, yeah. their experiences in business. Because, yeah, there's a lot of fluff out there, definitely. No, there is no doubt. And we're just in a culture that encourages that. And look, you know, by no means am I 
the, the best or the most successful entrepreneur. You know, I've had some big losses. I've, I've, I've had some good wins, um, but I'm, I'm in it. You know, I'm in the game and I feel that there, you know, that there is, um, that, that there is a, a value and, and, and a um, credit that is given to people that are real life entrepreneurs, you know, uh, not doing it for the game, for the show. They're doing it for the game. They're passionate. You know, it's not, you know, it's not fluff. It's not this, that, the other. They're real people who've been in, they've been in the trenches, they've done it, they've done it themselves. Um, because again, it's hard for people to, you know, young people with all this noise specifically to differentiate. Like, how do you know who is really what, right? And how do you know who's got what? And it's not always the case, man, that the people, you know, who have the most money have got the most value and experience to give. There are a lot of people out there who got into things, got lucky, it's happened very quick, uh, but they don't have depth to them. You know, that you, when you go dig deep, you know, it's just sort of like, wait a minute, there's not a lot there, you know? And so I think when it comes down to value, experience is just one of those things, you know, in any area, you know, if you want to go, you know, speak to someone and develop yourself spiritually, you know, the experience is invaluable. You know, it's, it really is. And, and real raw entrepreneurs that are in there, that are trying things, that are willing to win, that are willing to lose, you know, that, that, that's what it's all about. That's it. And um, for anybody who's, you know, looking to start bettering their life, whether, you know, it's just in employment or their careers or, or business, what, what top tips would you, you know, give them to start working on for themselves? Yeah, so I think, you know, one thing that's very important right now is, is starving the distractions. Um, you've heard that uh, saying, starve distractions, feed the focus. Um, we're, in a, we're in a very uh, busy world. And what that does is it takes us further and work further away from ourselves. So it's very important for you to know who you are. And I, and I do this. So within my meditation, sometimes even when I'm not meditating, I'm just, I just go into a room and sit by myself. And even just for 15 minutes, I just need to collect my thoughts. Kobe has been amazing for that because I've had an opportunity to really re rethink and spend some time and get into the zone and know what's coming next and, and, and really be where I want to be. Um, so you've just got to spend time within yourself. The biggest, um, thing that this mistake that we make you know that, that, that we do uh, is we just spend so much time focusing on other people we we're, we're involved in other people's lives we care about other people's opinions we're following what other people are doing you know it's amazing I see grown men you know start doing dances on TikTok or whatever that are you know like 15 year old kids are doing I mean we're just in this robot mode like we just see someone else do it we do it you know and so it's very important to take ownership of yourself We've all been given a gift. I truly believe that. And I feel that we need to be aware of who we are. And when we start digging within ourselves, we start discovering things that we never would have found. And we actually care less and less about what other people are doing because we find we're so, so we can, we're an ocean. And the deeper we go within ourselves, the more we find. And that may not be like anything else anybody else is doing, which is absolutely fine. So I think one is, is definitely finding you know, yourself. And then when you do that, you'll discover what you really want. And that will drive you, genuinely drive you towards where you should be going, right? So if you want to spend more time doing this or you want to earn more money or you want to achieve this goal or whatever it might be, at least those things are things you really want to do. And then you'll find the fire to do it because a lot of people will run out of steam very quickly because you have a goal that isn't even your goal. You don't even know what you want. You just think it's cool to rent a car and drive around, right? So let's rent a car and drive around. But what happens next? So it's, it's I, I, I really emphasize to people spend time alone try to cut out distractions cut out the noise the noise can be coming from other people that is in that is distracting you that is, is limiting your ability to move forward and and a lot of the noise can be within your own head 
So it's just about kind of clearing up your own mind and just spending a bit of time and finding out who you are. And you'll get all the answers from that. And then all the other tools you need, whether it's working hard or getting up early in the morning or doing whatever, they're all cool. It, it's, it, the biggest problem we have is we just don't know who we are. Love that. Um, and it goes back to, you know, a lot of spirituality as well, you know, with your mindset and who you are. And um, you, you've mentioned within this interview, and I know, you know, you mentioned it on previous ones, obviously your, your wow network with other people uh, who are very successful doing well in their businesses. What are the key traits that you see in them? Yeah, so I, I mean, if I was to give you a key trait that I see in people that I find to be successful is exactly that. They know what they want, right? So I, I can go across a spectrum of people. I know people who can't read and write properly who are highly successful. And I know people who are very intellectual and highly intelligent who aren't, right? You know, um, and, and very qualified, right? And the real, the thing that I found is exactly this. The guy who can't even read and write just doesn't bother himself with what anyone else has to say or do or proving anything to anyone. He is so, or she is so focused on what they want to do. And that is what I have seen to be the underlying key to success. People who get what they want are focused on getting what they want. And the people who aren't, right, are the people that will, will have all these goals and aspirations and maybe have a ton of potential to achieve that. But they're overwhelmed by everything else going on around them that has nothing to do with their goal, right, and takes them away from their goal. So that's the one thing that I've really found. It's one thing that I've been working on myself uh, a lot more is to understand how to detach myself from things that don't align with my goals. Because all they're doing is stopping me, whether it's people, whether it's ideas, whether it's influence, whether it's this phone, whatever it might be. So, you know, success comes down to being laser focused on what you want. Some that could come from people just not caring. Like I just don't give a, you know, whatever about what anyone's doing, what anyone's thinking. I've just got my goal or it, it, it is just mastering the art of being focused. But people who are successful just, just know what they want and they do it. It's, it's just as simple as that. Digital consumption is going to keep going up, you know, services that are going to, you know, your squares and these types of services are going to keep growing, uh, you know, and so, but, but it's ultimately just all about understanding what people want and what people need and how, and what they can and can't do anymore, you know? Yeah. I think um, when you look at what Joe Wicks did on, um, you know, his home online trading, he got a million downloads um, just from the first session. And then, you know, companies that I, can't, I still can't believe that about Primark, um, you know, and then you've got companies like Boohoo, pretty little thing which are absolutely killing it now yeah um and just uh, going on to the final round uh so final part of the podcast i'm sure you see it with a lot we, we dip into like a final five quick fire uh, okay. round uh, it could be one word to one sentence and um you know we, we try and tailor it for you as well so, so we'll kick it off um as you work across different industries what's the one industry you most prefer Uh, I would say fitness right now. Fitness. Um, following you on Instagram and online, you, you've got a lot of quotes. What is the one quote you would say you live by? Uh, so the, the quote is, uh, live amongst people in such a manner that if you die, they weep over you. And if you're alive, they crave for your company. Just okay. be an awesome person. Yeah, that's pretty deep. <laughs> Should have ended on that. It's tattooed on my arm. <laughs> and um, this one's probably uh, relevant now because of COVID. But what's the one best non-weighted workout somebody can do at home daily to get fit? Uh, there's so many variations. It's hard to give one, but you know, you 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 can do all sorts. A combination of you know burpees and 
and squats and and you know all sorts so there's there's so many so it's impossible to say, to say one. <laughs> and uh, what would you say has been your one key trait which has helped you in success I'm, 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 a, I'm just a dreamer, man. I, I just, I'm, I'm, I, I would say gratitude, to be fair. I just feel so grateful to be alive and I just want to max it. Okay. Yeah. Final question. What does success mean to you? It's, it's how much you can contribute to bettering other people's lives. Beautiful. Love that. And uh, for anybody who wants to follow you, follow your work, your social media, where can they go to see you? Yeah, so I'm primarily at the moment on, on Instagram, uh, but I'm hoping to uh, launch, you know, uh, a podcast, um, do some more stuff on YouTube and get, get a lot more active. I feel like there's a need for contributing to, um, you, know, to, to, you know, just in the way that I've spoken to the next generation. And, and uh, so I'd like to be in a position to do a lot more once we can get out and about and, and do things. So hopefully you and I can do something again. Wicked. No, absolutely amazing having you on. Um, so much you know, amazing words spoken there. And like I said, uh, anybody in the audience, follow us um, online, loads of great information about business. I know I'm always going for his stories as well. Um, and, and with ourselves, remember to like, share, subscribe, uh, inspire.pod, inspire pod. And we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Bye.